0: Welcome to this late hour, a look at the world through the lens of scripture. I'm your host, Casey Knowlton. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today we welcome back Andrew Jones of Discovered Media back to the show in order to follow up on the work being done on the Drupiner site in Turkey, which is believed by many to be the buried remains of Noah's Ark. Today, he will give a short update on some of the work that's been done, and we'll have a follow-up on some of the recent pushback concerning the site's authenticity, as well as just some follow-up questions from our last interview. If you haven't heard the first two parts of my interview with Andrew Jones from Season 1 regarding Noah's Ark, I'd recommend going back and finding those entitled, Noah's Ark Found with Andrew Jones. Following this week's episode, be looking for another discussion I have with Andrew Jones coming on the 24th of this month regarding the location of what many believe to be the real Mount Sinai. Without further ado, let's welcome back Andrew Jones and dive right into the interview. Well, it's my great pleasure to welcome back Andrew Jones from Discovered Media onto this late hour. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's good to have you back with us. And now I heard that you were recently on a tour. Uh, now that was to Mount Sinai. Is that right?
1: Yes, that is correct. We had just finished our spring tour, it was in March. And we also included um, uh, Egypt. We're in Egypt for two weeks and then in Saudi Arabia for the tour, and then also doing some filming for Tim Mahoney.
0: Fantastic. I'm excited to hear more about that. Before we get into discussing Mount Sinai, I think it'd be good to jump back to the Drupiner site to get a little bit of an update of what's been going on there. So if you don't mind, I have a few questions related to that before we jump into the Mount Sinai content. Yeah, no problem. So in our interview uh, together last season, we did focus in on uh, that Drupiner site there in eastern Turkey. Now, this is the boat formation, believed by many to be the buried remains of Noah's Ark. And a lot of work has been happening at the site since our last conversation. So I was hoping you could maybe update the audience as to what's all been going on and uh, what what news has been happening since we last spoke.
1: Yeah, we have actually some exciting uh, news. Uh, First off, um, in November, it was late October, early November, the Turkish government brought in an official team of Turkish scientists to finally do their own um, geophysical survey of the arc site. And so these uh, geophysicists were able to scan the boat with ERT and GPR over a two week period. Now, if you remember, uh, ERT um, was done in 2014 and this uses electricity uh, to measure the resistive um, nature of the material below the ground. And then the software on the computer can interpret it and produce an image of what is going on below the surface. Um, A primitive version of this was done in uh, 1985 on the Drupanar site, but the most impressive results uh, were obtained by John Larson in 2014 when he did 13 scans of the site. Um, And I was in charge of the media at that time, so I was there on that trip. But this last November, um, we were also there when the Turkish scientists did their scans, and they did, I believe, around 39 uh, scans. Uh, with a 500-meter-long cable. So this was much longer cable Mm -hmm. than what Larson used. And so what this means is the Turks was able to go deeper into the side of the mountain and survey a lot of the area outside of the boat formation. So while Larson's scans focused on the boat itself with his 13 scans, these 39 scans included not just the boat formation but also the earth flow or the mud flow Around it, and so the Turks wa- wanted to see what was going on on the side of the mountain, and if if this boat formation was unique, or, or did it you know, like match what was going on in the mud flow? Um, right. We were uh, told by the governor's office that they will release the results any day now, so that's very exciting. But uh, my friends Zafar and I, we got a sneak peek of some of the results back in January, and uh, the main scientist in charge of the survey actually invited us to his office. And he showed us some of these um, scans um, on his uh, phone, and uh, we could not record it, but we did sit and talk with him and uh, discuss um, like what the results were showing at the time, uh, future um, things they want to do on the project. And it was showing, I'll just say call it structure, it was showing that there's something below the surface just inside the boat formation, but not outside of it. So that's very interesting because he, uh, when he first got there to scan the site, his team, he told us personally, you know, he didn't think anything will be there, but he was hired to do a job. And so he was doing this job for the governor's office. Right. Um, but he said it's very exciting what they saw and that there is something below the surface within what you see visibly above ground on the surface, you know, that boat shape. And so they're seeing there's stuff below it, but not outside in the rest of the earth flow. Um, and he had two other teams independently review the data using different software than what his team used. And they all came to the same conclusion. And so he was not expecting that either. Uh, so he's pushing for the next step to include core drilling uh, once you know, the current results are published to the public. Uh, so we are super excited.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like he was a little bit skeptical going into it and maybe has um, at least a little more open handed view now that he's seen some of the data.
1: Yes. um, We even gave him our old data from the 2019 uh, GPR, which is the ground penetrating radar. And so he saw, you know, that trip, we saw the right angles and the parallel lines. Um, So he had that raw data, but um, he was not expecting what he saw on his data. and So he was super excited about that. And, um, you know, it was kind of a a nationalistic, uh, you know, he's a Turkish person working on this very important site to the world. And so he was very excited to see positive results and be a part of the project.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, as is common, unfortunately, uh, there has been pushback in some Christian circles about the authenticity of the site as it has come back into the news. And I just thought it'd be good to address some of those concerns before moving on. And one sure. of the, one of the remarks I've heard is that the formation is too long to be the Ark of Noah. Now has we've talked about this on, you know, last season, um, has there ever been any disagreement about the specific length of the formation or any doubt that it measures to that 515 feet, you know, 300 cubit Egyptian cubit length.
1: Yeah. So that, that's kind of a uh, strange. Someone would say that, um, because it's always been the same length since they first discovered it in 1959. Uh, So while the mud flow around it has changed, the boat formation has not. It has not lengthened or changed shape and became a rectangle or triangle or disappeared. It's still sitting there as the mud around it moves and changes over time. So there's structure, there's something in there that's holding it together. And it is exactly 515 feet long. We, in fact, uh, measured it not using lasers. Uh, We did lasers in, um, John Larson did lasers in 2014 and uh, got 515 feet long. Uh, We use LiDAR uh, to produce a a 3D uh, point cloud um, model of the whole site, which you can bring in your software on a computer and then measure on the computer the whole length of the boat um, from all these. We took a half a billion um, laser points uh, on 2019 strip and with the LiDAR and so that produced this 3D model and in the model, you can measure it. It's 515 feet long. Uh, last summer, we had a tour group um, here with some Americans and one of them was a Texan. And he wanted to personally measure Noah's Ark to see if it was 515 feet long. And so he brought an old fashioned tape measure and we videoed that and he measured it from the, the top, the pointed end all the way down to the lower north end, the rounded end. And we put that video, the raw footage up on our YouTube channel and it was exactly 515 feet long. So uh, the there's no uh, change um, in the, the length of the object. Um, I guess some people might say, well, when the Bible says it's 300 cubits long, that does not equal 515 feet. Because there are some who believe that Moses would have used like the shorter Hebrew cubit, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is 17 or 18 inches versus the longer Royal Egyptian cubit. So that's maybe where they might say, uh, give that feedback. But in regards to the boat itself, it is exactly 300 Royal Egyptian cubits.
0: Well, secondly, uh, or second, I should say, another response I've seen is that the formation is just like others. We've talked about this before, spotted up on Mount Ararat. Now you touched, like I said, touched on it last season. But just to give you another opportunity to respond to this, it seems like it just keeps coming up. Is there anything new to add to this criticism on people who say, oh, this is just another one of these similar like shapes that we've seen on Mount Ararat
1: well you know again I would just say this um in the 1950s and early 60s when the Turkish military uh, were flying their airplanes over this region photographing it for their mapping purposes they only saw one formation that looked like a boat and that was this site and that hit the news um in early September of 1959 and then in October of that year the photograph from the military was published and that made the headlines around the world. And then June of the next year, in 1960, there was an American Turkish expedition that visited the site, took photographs of it from the ground. <clears throat> it hit uh, uh, in July and September, uh, Life in Hyatt Magazines in America and in Turkey, um, the ground photographs. But then in 1961, Turkish photographer Ara Guler photographed the site in the region with a low flying plane and his detailed aerial images were then released to the press. And in all of this documentation, everyone has only seen one boat object. Um, they did not find a fleet of Noah's arks um, when the military was looking at over uh, their photographs, like on Ararat or nearby. I know some people say, well, the mudflow has similar um, boat-shaped objects above it or beside it. There is not. Uh, whoever um, has said that has never been out here or they're looking at blurry satellite images or something because... Um, when you hear it, there's only one boat object, and that's the exact same object that the scientists and the explorers back in 1960 and 1959 saw in the satellite and the high-altitude airplane images. Um, there was not another object that got their attention, only this one.
0: Yes, that's interesting because, you know, when I've heard this criticism come up, they'll point to an old photo and circle some of those shapes on the side of Mount Ararat, but yet there's been all these people out over the years to look at this one object. I've never seen anyone go up to one of these other supposed shapes on the Mount Ararat. And other than from an old picture, circling these things, that's only the only time I've ever seen them. So I'm just, I don't even know where they're getting it from. It's very kind of strange. I know
1: the photograph you're, you're talking about, and it's like a, a side view of the mountain, like from a way far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it looks like shadows or something on the side of the mountain but you know this is a site you can walk on you can measure tourists can measure it um uh, we're at we have scientists investigating it um and so yeah we can physically say like we measured it and physically it is 300 royal egyptian cubits and it is a boat shape uh the other sites you know let's see them let's go check them out you know if they say there's a 300 cubit long boat on the side of the volcano let's go find out you know what what's going on there but uh, so far we i uh, never seen a, a site that you can walk up and look at and investigate. It's always been these um, satellite images or blurry photographs they claim that, that looks like boat shapes.
0: Maybe it's a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ancient aliens. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help myself. All right. Well, so with all the new data coming out related to the Drupiner site, like you just mentioned a bunch of it uh, from the Turkish team, and even John Larson's 3D scans, which I one of the things I found so breathtaking, which you really see that whole shape continuing under the ground, why do you think some Christian ministries continue to deny even the possibility of the site's authenticity?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, I really don't know why uh, people are against it. Uh, it Maybe because they've been against the site for so long, or they have not personally seen the new data, um, or they just want to ignore the new data. Um, I don't know. But I do know, though, that honest, truth-seeking people, whether they're Christians, Jews, Muslims, or atheists, um, or whatever, uh, are interested and are willing to take a look at the site. And so every day, we do have people from around the world during the summer seasons, when there's tourists out here, come and look at the site. And I've met many people from all over the world come there when I'm at the site myself because I live nearby, and we also have many, uh, for example, Turkish citizens. You know, most are uh, Muslim, and they come out there and they enjoy seeing the information. They have a lot of questions. We present. We have a flip chart up there with all the um, the history of the site from 1959 until now, and so they can look through that and see the scan images and and, and aerial photographs. Uh, so I, I don't know why it's, there's some industries out there. You know, some of them, I don't want to accuse them of conflict of interest here, but you know, some are actually searching or promoting other sites. You have people say Noah's Ark is on um, Judy, uh, which is the mountain named in the Quran. And you have Christians saying that it has to be this mountain too, which is uh, um, the traditional Judy is uh, south of here near the Iraqi uh, uh, Turkish border in Turkey here. Um, Then you have others who say it's uh, in Iran or in Armenia. Um, all over the place, or west of Mount Ararat here in eastern Turkey. Um, so, yeah, you do have a lot of proposed sites. And so, these people who are actively searching and getting money for their expeditions, usually those are the ones um, who are at the same time attacking the other sites. You know, obviously, they're not going to say <laughs> that their expedition is going to fail and they're, they're not going to find those arcs. So, they're going to be positive about what they're doing and negative about everyone else's efforts. Um, but otherwise, I, yeah, I don't know why there's this uh, denial of what we're getting with the data.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what I've wondered is, you know, have they seen any of the new data? It seems like they're just looking at stuff that was done back in the eighties or, or, you know, some of the critiques back from then. And I, I don't know if you can speak into this, but I'll just, just ask, uh, you know, in case you, maybe you do have some information, but uh, in regards to Dr. John Baumgartner, I know he was, you know, out there and was really excited about the site was, uh, very much proposing it was authentic uh, for a time. And then it seemed like he kind of uh, drifted away from from really kind of holding that view. Do you know what that's about or kind of why he sort of changed sort of his point of view on the site?
1: So John was introduced to the site uh, via um, uh, Jim Irwin, the astronaut, um, because uh, John saw some some scientific results that uh, came in from one of Ron's samples. And so he wanted to know what site this was. Um, Jim had uh, passed on the sample from Ron to John Gardner, who at the time, I believe, worked at uh, Los Alamos uh, National Laboratories in New Mexico. And so uh, Jim in, invited John to come out and meet uh, Ron Wyatt. And so that's when they started working on the site, I believe in 84 or 85. But it was very brief. Um, him and David Fazold uh, and Ron um, only briefly worked as a team. Then everyone kind of went their separate ways. But then uh, John uh, was hooked up with Dr. Sali Barak Tutan, who's a Turkish geologist and professor of geology. He just recently retired, he's still alive. And we just met with him a couple times this year. And so Sali uh, teamed up with John Bob to do their. Um, scans of the boat. And so they published their results in 1987 uh, when they did GPR scans. And the most interesting thing that came out of that scan um, or that survey was that they saw there's some type of layer, reflective layer that was showing up consistently across the whole site. I believe it was about uh, uh, one or two or three meters down, but it was across the whole boat formation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they wanted to core drill uh, to find out what that was. Um, and so, uh, but the, the scan, r- the results from those scans did not disprove it. it was Noah's Ark or anything. In fact, they found this layer that they wanted to find out what it was. Uh, I believe they came back the next summer in 1988 and tried to do four or five core drills of the site. And I talked to, uh, Baumgartner recently about this, you know, over email. And also I brought it up with Sally. uh, and they have two different stories. So Sally claims that, um, they did not get any good data. He said they had the bad equipment and he said nothing from the core drilling uh, can be used against this being possibly Noah's Ark. Uh, Bob Gardner told me that, I don't want to misquote him, but we do have on our com website a document that lists exactly what he says about the core drills, but he believes that they hit, uh, the sample's bringing up rock, he believes, well, that has to be bedrock and not like a boulder in the site. And so he thinks, the this uh, bedrock that they hit is too shallow for Noah's Ark to be there because it was right under the surface on the upper end, and so he thinks the core drilling uh, shows that the site's a natural site and not uh, the possible remains of Noah's Ark. Um, and that's where he basically changed his mind. It was right after the core drill, and he and he left like that. Um, he has never done any work on the site since then. But Solly has continued research the region and has produced articles about it. Uh, we do have on our nozarkscans.com website under the drop our research, we do have a couple of papers by Solly, including a recent one from a couple years ago. It has diagrams of the geology of the area and talks about that 1987 scans that they did. But he's still positive that uh, this is not a natural formation. And the best way to explain it is the possible buried ma- remains of Noah's Ark. Um, we were just out on the site with him. I, I think it was like, I don't know 10 days ago i believe we had a a swiss french media team out here and they interviewed him on site talking about his work and so yeah i talked to him personally there while he we were um, guiding the media team around Uh, so we have two different scientists one is a geologist who studied this site uh, and lives in this area and the other is a geophysicist um, who has changed his opinion about the site Uh, but the geologist claims that the data they're using the same data, but the geologist, the Turkish geologist, claims that the data doesn't um, go against the idea that this could be the buried remains of Noah's Ark. That's uh, that's all I could say. Uh, you know, you might have to ask Bob Gardner um, if you want more than that. But you know, this is this from the their published uh, statements and from emails and uh, from their articles that they put out.
0: Well, last time we spoke briefly about the Drogue stones, along with uh, some possible remains of Noah's home. I was wondering if there were any other interesting elements in the surrounding area that lead credence to its historicity being linked to Noah and the ark.
1: Well, the the anchor or Drogue stones are uh, a mysterious set of stones. And the reason why I say that, uh, so number one, there's been about 26 found so far. Now, Some of them have been destroyed or buried under one of the roads they're building out there. Um, but the reason I say that it's a mystery is because number one, they are basalt. Now, basalt is a volcanic rock, and so we are in a volcanic region. This whole area of eastern Turkey, uh, especially you know the tallest mountain in Turkey is right beside us, which is Mount Ararat, and it's a stratovolcano. And so, uh, obviously, volcanoes produce basalt rock. Um, now, some of these stones um, have eight crosses on them that can represent the eight people that were on the. The Ark and the locals who were there uh, when Ron first went into the area in the late 1970s, they told him that this region was called the Valley or Village of Eight, and so this is where you find most of these uh, 26 stones. Is in the actual village or in the surrounding hills and the fields around the village. Now there's a large spring in this region, just right outside the village, probably one of the largest here. Um, And and it's a very important archaeological site due to all the different cultures that have lived there, probably, again, due to the water. And so on the old maps of this area of eastern Turkey, you see like the town of Bayezit, which is today Dobu where I live. And then nearby, you see this one village listed of um, Arzap. And so this village was very important to be included on the map while no other village was listed. Um, So you can see why Noah could possibly at some point in his life live there because of the water there. And it's just a very beautiful valley. Now, are the stones part of the Noah's Ark story? That I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there, but I I think that we need more scientific studies done on the origin of the stones to see if the basalt came from this area. Or, you know, if it was part of Noah's Ark, you assumed it would be stones from another part of the world, uh, you know, where Noah started. Um, And so there's studies that have not been done. Now, I know Ron said he had found two of these uh, stones with the holes up by the boat formation and the earth flow, or, you know, in the mud flow around it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that mud and earth changes over uh, the years, and so the ground has definitely changed. And so far, no one has been able to rediscover these two stones. But you do find a site in Armenia that's interesting. Um, it's an ancient megalithic site called Karahunj, and they have stones with holes in them. Um, in lines and circles or semicircles out there at this big megalithic site. And I went to the site back in 2017. Now, you know, someone needs to do a comparison study, but just from visual inspection, yes, there are holes, but the holes are smaller than the ones here at Arzap near um, Noah's Ark. And the stones are different sizes. Like you have small stones with holes and you do have larger stones While all the stones at zap are pretty big and they have this big hole near the top, so it's it's very tough to know again without further study the connection. We do know that they're in an area that the locals call the the valley or um, the village of Eight. Uh, You know the theory that they're stabilizing stones, you know drogue stones that were tied to the boat to stabilize the ark in the storm. You know that was put forth by Ron Wyatt, and that is the dominant theory you'll find online about them. But I think more information needs to be gathered and studied for these stones.
0: So if you were to give us a percentage of certainty yourself about what you think related to the Drupinar and its authenticity as Noah's Ark from zero to hundred percent, how certain are you that this is in fact the buried remains of Noah's Ark?
1: Looking at uh, the evidence, especially the scan results, Um, I would say it's in the high 80s or 90, like 90%. Like I'd go top of 90. And some of them might say, well, why aren't you 100% certain? Well, like in archeology, span um, you have people even debating an inscription, which is an awesome find. You have people saying, "Well, this is like the House of David at the Tell Dan inscription." Other people say, "No, that does not say David; it says something else." And so here you have professionals even debating an inscription, like why? <laughs> so when you look at uh, the buried remains of Noah's Ark and and it possibly being at the Drupeinar site, um, I think the data is there that shows that it, this is not a natural object. Number one, so here you have a man-made object in the shape of a boat sitting in the area or the region of Ararat, where the Bible says the ark landed, then looking up the, obviously the geophysical scans too, it um, makes uh, you want to continue the work and do excavations or core drilling to be hundred percent sure. But I don't think we can be hundred percent sure until we do that work. And that's why we're pushing for the Turks to continue the, with their project.
0: How's funding going for that project? Do you know?
1: No, I don't. I, I know last year's, we were, we funded everything. So we were trying to raise hundred or 120. So everything was funded for last year's work mm-hmm. uh, this year, because we were kind of waiting to see what the Turks are wanting to do. Um, we haven't really put forth, uh, if you go to our website, there's like really no like definite budget for something. <laughs> um, but we do have you know, people, if they want to donate for the project, they can, but yeah, I don't know where it's at because we haven't really pushed anything for this year yet.
0: Well, is there anything else about Noah's Ark you'd like to mention before we move on?
1: Well, you know, in my mind, I always come back to the shape that, you know, you have, this is a fact, you have a boat-shaped object that's the length of uh, the Ark that's given in the Bible, and it's in the region of the world where the Bible says the Ark came to rest after the flood. So we have these patterns and layers showing up below the ground that's just inside the boat outline, but not out in the mud flow. So these are facts we can't escape. So are these just all coincidences? I, I, you know, I can't write it off that easy as some have. And so I do think though, we need to finish the scientific work on the site, core drill it, excavate it and preserve it.
0: Yeah. I'm in agreement with you at this point. I would be surprised, you know, if we continue the work uh, if we were to determine it isn't Noah's Ark at this point, that would be the most surprising thing to me. Cause I'm, Yes. Quite convinced based on just the data we have now.
1: Yeah. No, if you look at, um, for example, ancient boats, uh, like whether it's uh, more recent ancient boats, like from the Middle Ages, like the Viking burial ships, you find in Norway that they excavate, or up in England, like the Sutton Hoo. um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. But, you know, when they excavated the Sutton Hoo, uh, that fact that was just made into a Netflix movie, the story behind that. But, um, you know, I've seen the artifacts in the British Museum in London, Um, I've never been out to the site, but they have a visitor center at the site uh, out in the farmland where they found it. And when they excavated it, they found the imprint, like all the wood had rotted away, and they found the imprint of the hall, and they found rivets, um, you know, still um, in place, oxidized iron rivets that were sitting there. They found, uh, I don't know it was thousands, but they found hundreds of these rivets um, just sitting in place in the dirt. And so when they took all the dirt away, they found the treasures um, and they found this imprint of the hall. It was like you found uh, the shape of the hall that was there, but everything else was gone except for the, the gold and silver and all that um, and these rivets. And so, you know, you know, unless the Ark is 100% petrified, we, and I believe that there's some petrification going on because we're seeing these these angular structures and parallel lines and layers with the scans that are just inside the boat formation and not out in the mud flow. It you know, makes you think that uh it wasn't this all deteriorated away and leaving a hull shape in the ground like the Sutton Hoo boat but there's actually petrified wood down below whatever's left and so um you know I'll be surprised once you get down there if there's nothing there because you know the data right now is, is, is positive and not negative you know every time we bring in somebody to do a scan we get something interesting out of those scans it's not like a negative scan and these are people we bring in for example that have nothing to do with Noah's Ark or they're not out there pushing for this site to be known, are, these are independent uh, professionals who are hired to do a job. So.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Andrew Jones today regarding the Drupiner site there in Turkey or as many believe, the buried remains of Noah's Ark. Don't forget, you can find out more about the site at NoahsArkscans.com. Also, come back in two weeks when I will continue my discussion with Andrew concerning another treasure of the faith, the real Mount Sinai. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please give the show a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please follow the link in the show description, where for $5 a month you can get monthly long-form bonus episodes. If you have questions or comments, please send me an email at thislatehourpodcast at gmail.com or visit our Twitter at Casey Knowlton or the Facebook page, This Late Hour. Thank you so much for joining me today for this special update regarding the Noah's Ark site in Turkey with Andrew Jones. Stand the alert, dear Christian. Until next time, God bless. You have been listening to This Late Hour. Your contribution helps pay our fees, improve our equipment, and build better content. It is my hope that your continued support of our show may bring future interviews and exclusives. Our goal is to always be improving our show so that the church may be strengthened in our mission to bring salt and light to this present darkness. May God richly bless you.